No, no problem. So how you doing, Sean? I'm doing good. How are you? Are you sure you're doing good? Listen, I'm exhausted. Right? I know you're exhausted. You look completely stressed <laughs> out. I am completely stressed out right now. Was it, you know, those after parties? I wish it was because of an after party. You know, I'd be a lot more relaxed right now. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that's what happens when you're working 13 hours as a stripper. Well, you know, sometimes you got to make that money. You know, especially if you want to plan trips to Vegas, apparently. Right. You're going to Vegas? Vegas? I want to. Yeah, he's a professional stripper. I am no, definitely not a professional stripper. He is a professional stripper. Nice, man. You know what? Male strippers make money. I know they do, but I am not a professional stripper, which is why I'm always broke. I was. I always said if I was, was going to be a stripper, I'm, I'm never shaving my hair. I want that to be my sense. Like, my fiance hates it, but you know what? <laughs> just just all, all gorilla hair for her. You know, she loves it. And ladies and gentlemen, with that said, welcome back to another episode of the G's for Geek podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Radio Williams. And this is Sean Luke. And on this episode, we are joined by an awesome YouTube creator, uh, the host of The Hidden Nerd, um, a YouTube YouTube show, uh, Brandon Senpai, also aka The Hidden Nerd Hokage. Wow. The Hidden Nerd Hokage. I, I felt like that introduction was just like better than mine's. And only like, are you videos, serious? I swear. Like, I can never say it that clear. You should, you should, like, all the takes that I do, it's like 20 So how many takes do you do? Like, like in the beginning, mm-hmm. I, first of all, like, the first 10, I'm cracking up at myself. <laughs> like, the first 10, all the time, I'm dying. I'm like, all right, okay, don't be serious now. Be serious. And then when I get serious, I'm like, damn it, I messed up again. But then it's like, so... Well, don't worry. 10 to uh, 20 takes? Working, yeah. working with this guy over here trying to film him is like trying to get a child to smile at a... It's trying to get a baby to smile at a camera. You know, it's just like you're seeing yourself and and you're like, you're you're watching yourself perform. You're like, wait, that doesn't look good. And you just continue to critique yourself until you finally get that one line. It's always either you're critiquing yourself or you're just having way too much fun because you know that sometimes the audience likes that fun factor. Yeah, you know, like like the nonsense that comes out of my mouth sometimes. It's like... Why did I say that? Oh, well, I like it for the video. You exactly. Know? Just like, keep it in there, you know? And that's why for us, this is a sh- totally shoot-the-shit show. We don't do anything scripted here. I love that. Completely. Yeah, that's a script? What's that? Listen, my best friend, right? He's the most random person in the world, okay? He will talk about the most random thing and tell me it 20 times in that same day. And it's like, okay. Yeah, which, but, which, which one is, is the random? I think I'm the random one, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you are the random one. Spontaneous random one here. And then yeah. there's then you always have that one friend which I have that knows that random useless knowledge. Oh my god! That's and then me. exploits it. That's me too. Like I have one friend that like consistently speaks in polysyllabic language. Oh god! Because he feels that <laughs> as a linguist you must learn to speak eloquently, and I'm just like shut the hell up. Do I know this person? You do. Oh god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Brandon, uh, your YouTube show, The Hidden Nerd, uh, two things I want to talk to you about sure. before we, we even dive deeper in. One, tell us about your show. Um, originally, like, when I first started the channel, it was just like, I went through like two names, I think, and I can't remember the first one, but I went through like two names, and I'm still, like, I was trying to find my identity. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my channel. I knew I wanted to talk about like, like anime and manga stuff, but I didn't mm. know, like, what I wanted to specifically do. I was following, like, a lot of big YouTubers, so I was trying to figure out a great name until, like, I took a few months off, and I was just like, you know what? I'm a nerd. Just think of something, you know? And then it just came, and I, I created my name. I re remade my name and then started making, like, videos under that name, you know? Yeah, and I'm just now yeah. re How long have you been doing it? I'm going to say 
a year and some change. Oh, nice. Oh, about a year and, some, and that, that's on and off because within that same year I had a baby and all that. But oh, so we'll get deeper. Into Congratulations. Stuff, thank you. Yeah. You know, but you know, so it's been it's been a fun experience. It's been fun. Just like I don't know how to say, it's been alleviating a lot of stress. You know, okay. Because when I watch anime, I can sit there and all day and just like, wow, that was one hell of a clip. You know, or you know, I'll sit there and I'm just like, wow so epic and just rewind it and I just hear my fiance like how many times are you going to play and I'm like shut up it's mine <laughs> you know? and I'll just keep playing it back and forth because it's just like yeah I feel bad because I, I, have, uh, I my otaku car got taken away because I just stopped watching anime because I've been so busy working uh, right and the only thing I've actually ever kept up with recently is Dragon Ball Super so See, that's, that's the only it, thing. It matters. Why? Because that was the core for a lot of us growing up. You know, so as long as you keep you're in touch with that, it doesn't matter. Like all the other new animes, I, I go through drought sometimes. I don't know how to lie. I get so mm-hmm. busy, you know, with my own personal life that I like I haven't caught up on episodes, but I'm still reading mangas, but it's just okay. like the actual anime, I'm just not there and people are, hey, did you see the episode? It, it's like, tough because sometimes sometimes you can't see the anime on TV or whatever the case may be. You have to you have to go online, you mm-hmm. have to look either for a torrent or a, a YouTube exactly. video or whatever, you know, just to catch up with those videos it's it's a pain i know yeah no i mean i i completely know what that feels like i think the biggest thing that bothers me is like when i finally do settle down and i start to catch up on an anime i i always end up finding those animes that are like maybe let's say 24 episodes Mm -hmm. or it's at least maybe 40 44 episodes two seasons yeah give or take and then i'll binge watch instead of like taking my time and then once it's over i'm like Sitting um, with the like, like why did I do this? Yeah, like like what's next? Like I can't like I need more. Like is there a continuation? And I start doing research, and I'm just sad because it's over. It's like it's just over. That that happened to me recently. So I watched the most perverted anime. I could I swore it should have been hentai. Oh, you know it's called Prison School. It was that's that's that ah one of okay the most perverted animes I've ever watched but it was hilarious and I watched all all the episodes and I stood there like are you serious? You, I wait, need more of this this is think, hilarious. You think that's the most I, the most perverted which is not meant to be perverted to me is High School of the Dead. Okay and High I, School of the Dead wait, is such a satire in and of itself. I get that it's a satire but there's just so many shots of, of bras, panties for no I've never even seen that one. And I'm thinking that prison school is like the most perverted because I'm like, why are they showing these things? First of all, in one of the episodes, I forgot, I think the vice principal was, was humping a horse. Well, but see, that that's more of a comedy. High School of the Dead is like saying like, here's an action film, here's an action film with zombies. Oh, no. But as they're killing zombies, we're just going to give you these weird like, oh, no. camera angle. My personal favorite is the dude shooting the gun through the girl's tits. What? Yeah. Like yeah. purposely thought? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This this is one of those if you have crunchy roll, whatever you have, if you watch it. Well, and you, you it's gonna... it's it, it's not meant to be something like as explosive or beautiful. It's literally for what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just I always thought that was like the you know, I saw that after Wait, man, I grew up watching Ninja Scroll. Now Ninja oh, okay. Scroll, okay. Ninja Scroll is like, mm-hmm. is like, but I did. But Ninja Scroll was more like there were there were those you know you had barbaric rapes in it. You had like just just things that were grotesque. Where High School of the Dead is just like 
end of the world. We need to show you how things are happening, but from these angles. Let's <laughs> let's get these specific camera angles. Like all of this stuff is happening. But yeah. look, did you ever notice how like the, her tits was right here? Yeah, like, yeah, you know. Like, hey, hey Nitro was more like we're going to tell you a story. This is these things happen because this is a story. Mm -hmm. uh, High School of the Dead is like we're going to tell you a story from angles, just different angles. That OVA was stupid. Oh, oh my god, I can't imagine. It's, it's that's what I'm saying. Like it's just, like it. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys are telling me about stuff that I'm I'm thinking that that prison school is the most perverted thing I've ever seen. Now there's I'm gonna go home and watch that. I mean, there's a lot of perverted shows out there. But there's I'm thinking, I'm like, why isn't this not hentai? And then mind you, Hulu is Hulu has it right. Mm -hmm. And but they just blur it. And I'm like, yeah, that does something. Well, like, there's a difference. It's like it's there. You can tell. I mean, there's there's a wide genre of stuff that kind of borderlines. We don't have to talk about the yeah. genre. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking they're about. All, they're I've all borderline. Like, uh, yeah, but I mean, there's a difference between using nudity as an art and using it just for grotesque. You're just, you're just yeah. saying that because you're a freak. No, I'm saying that because I every time I think of nudity and stuff like that, and I think of something in an artistic way, I think of Elf and Lead, no matter what. Uh, I don't like talking about that one. Uh, Lee you don't like talking about Elfin Lee? Elfin Lee is, is it's, it's a good story. It's just gore. To me, it's gore for no reason. For, for, for no reason. If you really think about it, the main gore was in the opening act, and then after that, it was kind of subdued. No, it's all okay except the when she kills the kids. But that's besides it's the point. Besides, look, look, except when she kills the kids. The kids deserved the it. The kids uh, deserved it. Oh, they kind of oh, killed the dog. I uh, mean, oh well, see, I'm on your side with that one. If you're killing <laughs> animals, especially a dog. Oh, so it's okay for for little cartoon kids to kill kids. That's what we're saying. Ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> on, on Genius for Geek, I just want to say the views and opinions expressed here are not yeah, are, are not. We gotta put disclaimer that of the Genius for Geek podcast. Yeah. And with that being said, you know, screw anybody that kills a dog or a cat or any other animal. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, we're thank not, you. We're not acting like we're some animal activists. We're just saying it doesn't make sense to do. First of all, I don't think we could be animal activists if we're Pokemon fans. Uh, Is it really abuse? It's it's considered animal abuse because you're literally beating an animal half to death just to capture it, and then you're literally using it as your enslaved partner. Okay, look, what if there's a dark side to the whole Pokemon? But there is a dark side. It's like, called, it's called like, red and blue. Red and blue is the dark side. Like, but like, it's about to be Detective Pikachu. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. But, but look, you look. Know, imagine in a while, Pikachu is a mouse Pokemon, right? Mm -hmm. Just get a Pidgeotto, fly in, and just eats it, right? Because it's a rodent. <laughs> it's it's a bird. All right, but, but it's an but oversized a, rodent, though. But there's a difference. So a Pidgeot that gets well, Pidgeot. it. Yeah, right. there, <laughs> there's a difference between nature versus nurture and everybody being Michael Vick. Ooh, I did, I did. Why are we? I why are we just getting all I controversial mean, today? That's what I'm saying. Pokemon. Look, it's not animal abuse. Okay, you know what it is? It's all about the, the hunt. All right. We use it in the, in the real world. It's all about the hunt. You know what the hunt is? Hunting Pokemon, catching them, and putting them in balls and trapping them. Mind you, that ball gets small too. That's I don't know. I mean, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but I, in in my in my view, like you, re it still looks like kind of like abuse, yeah. right? Like you're All literally right. be you you're using your animal <laughs> to beat other animals, <laughs> and mind you, these animals have powers, yeah. and you're exploiting powers for vicious and malicious intent. You're using them to get little glass badges. 
Oh, so you can enter a league after you after you go. Now, mind you, you're a ten year old kid, and you're literally going around and an entire country. How to do it. Yep. Uh, when you put it like that, I I don't even know what this. I is. just thought about like Pokemon the first movie. There was a lot of animal abuse. I mean, <laughs> and then you, you realize at the end they realize like, why are we doing this? We don't. Oh yeah, we, even Mewtwo and Mew were like, it's yo, like, like oh wait a minute, like we just wanted to, to fight a little bit. We didn't want to. First, first of all, the first, we didn't want to kill a the kid. First, right? Season. Let's the first season. Come Listen, on. the first there was an episode that caused seizures that was no longer oh, aired. What episode was that? That was the one with Porygon. Oh, re- re- oh, because the shapes and all and right. the shapes I and just, the whole flashing lights say, caused a lot of seizures. I never make fun of like anime and seizures because as much as people are always like anime may cause seizures. I'm like I refuse to make fun of that because I I can feel like if I the day I make fun of it I'm gonna be home watching like an awesome anime there's gonna be a sequence that happens and right then and there bam seizure I'm afraid of that you want to know something I never knew that really that anime causes seizures because I just always watched it my whole life it was always a it was a well, joke I, mean, it, I feel like it was a joke with fighting animes like yeah. yeah. Because of the the high speed sequences and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the flashing like, lights. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just come up. Power, Power Rangers was like that too in the beginning too. In the beginning, I heard yeah. That. yeah I they said Power Rangers. Rangers. But it's just because of a lot of explosions. Everything that like so enamors into your cortex so fast mm-hmm. that your brain just like shuts down while processing it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But now we're kicking out babies that automatically know how to use iPhone tens. Dang right. IPad, yeah. So. Yeah. Dang right. So I my guess daughter, she looks at my phone all the time, like, and she follows the play more yesterday. It was moving left and right in her eyes. I'm like, no, I'm gonna deal with a book. All right. <laughs> Books. What are those? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yo, you an ebook? Yeah, that's what you mean, right? Yeah. On your phone, daddy. Now give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want the one with the pictures, daddy. That's what I want. <laughs> all right. So now my next question for you, and it's just gonna kind of wrangle it back in a little bit here. So recently, you did. A video where you were talking about you wanted to you were changing your channel, mm-hmm. and some of the things you were speaking about was you kind of were comparing yourself. You felt like you were comparing yourself to other like YouTubers. Mm-hmm. You felt like you were trying to be original, but maybe you weren't being original. Mm-hmm. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that and more about the change that you're trying to go into with uh, the hidden nerd? All right, yeah. So um, when. When I, like I said, when I first created my channel, I just was like, okay, well, that's how the big YouTubers do it. I'm going to be that same way. I'm going to try to make my channel that same way. But in reality is that when you watch a lot of their um, videos, you know, they're being animated. They're doing all of that stuff. And I'm not saying that I'm not an animated person. What I'm saying is that that's not me. You know, when I watch anime sometimes and, and I don't like something, I'm like, wow, that was shitty. That was bad. You know, in a lot of my videos, I'll probably give something a compliment when I really don't agree with it. You know, and the reality is that's not being true and true to yourself and true to whoever's viewing it because they're coming to you to get the truth. You know, whether they whether you believe that you're telling the truth or not. So if my information, they can believe that hey, his information is truthful. It could it could be truthful or it could be an opinion. Okay. Nobody knows for sure. But if I'm over here saying, hey, um, the tournament of power for Dragon Ball Super. Let, let's take that for instance. I thought it was okay. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that I thought it was wow, it was awesome. You know, Ultra Instinct was awesome. You know, seeing Kale and you know and all of that stuff. It, that was cool, but it didn't strike me because I, you know I don't know about you guys, but I grew up with the Dragon Ball Z era. When I first saw Super Saiyan, I was like, 
Wow, Adam Sorgar. Oh, you, oh, you mean the uh, the same powers that took like two episodes? Was like two, two and a half episodes? Are you, are you re- really, really, really? It did. It, it took about. Two I I will years. say I, I I agree, but I do believe that the tournament of power wasn't meant to be an overall like spectacle. I think it was just meant to highlight characters towards the end of their run. Like, I was very disappointed at what they had with Gohan. They made Gohan the leader of the team, and he did absolutely shit. <laughs> You know, that was that was a bit of a problem, you know, because it's just like they try to revitalize him. They've tried to revitalize a lot of these characters, including Krillin. And I'm like, why? Um, Don't get me wrong. Krillin is the strongest human being yeah, in the Dragon Ball Z agreed. universe. Agreed. You, you already could tell where I'm going with this. So being a person that, oh, that watches, I'm very upset with Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that... It is amazing in the sense that compared to uh, GT, which we shall not speak about, and Never. and and the regular <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, that at least the tournament series is a lot quicker. The fights happen a lot faster. There's no prolong. But the one thing that bothers me about Dragon Ball Super is that the underdog of the Dragon Ball series has been left out, not revamped, and I'm tired of people overlooking this person. I'm starting a campaign, and this is the Let's Make Yamcha Great Again campaign. Boy, oh, my God. He, he had one episode. He, he lost one he lost, episode he lost, where he, lost, he shined, and all of a sudden, he's like the we, guy. He lost, he, lost, he lost his woman to, to, that, to the crown prince of all jerks, who's awesome, but he's a jerk. Uh, he gets left Who out. I think had the biggest character arc out of everybody it in that scene. Great. Can it we not? Great. Can we not it's overshadow great. Yamcha? I, I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> we can overshadow Yamcha. And I'm going to say this why because we can go back to Dragon Ball. And Yamcha's been a loser since Dragon Ball. See, when he see, ran into see. Kid Goku, he got his behind kick. Okay, so once again, I, I feel like you're you're on that you're on the opposite no, side look, of my campaign. But look, I love Yamcha as a character. I love him. But he's been taking L's longer than Vegeta's been taking L's. Etopians, hey, Etopians, don't ignore these he's guys. Useless. Because, uh, he's just good as a baseball player. Etopians. As a little kid, you want to know what's so funny as a little kid? When I first saw that when Nappa came, right? I didn't mm-hmm. see, I didn't see Raditz first. Mm-hmm. I had to go. Oh, okay. I actually saw the, I saw. Oh, the Nappa. Arrival. Yep. Okay. And then I saw Yamcha. I'm like, wow, this guy looks like he's like the best character, right? Fights the Cybermen. Gets killed yeah, on the and spot. And I'm like, yo, this guy sucks, Because you know what made him awesome? Uh, the scar on his face and the mullet. The hair, everything. I'm like, yeah. The fact that he had a really cool move. And I think Yamcha was kind of more tan back then, too. So yeah. he kind of had, the, he had that, that look. So I'm like, oh, this guy's the best one. Um, nope. Nope. But see, that's because I blame that on the creator. I blame that on the writers. I, I think they could have... They could have went a different route this time with Dragon I mean, Ball they Super. Even, I mean, let's let's face it. Let's take a look at Yamcha versus the rest of the kids. No, no. We can't compare them because no matter how many times you want to compare them, he is the underdog. He's not getting a break. They, they even gave Krillin a second chance to come back and be a fighter. See, but he also trained. Krillin like, is an original. I mean, not saying Yamcha isn't, but Krillin was just... He was always that guy. He was there. He trained with Goku and Master Roshi. He was... That guy, so it made sense to include him. Yamcha came in afterwards, so like it made sense. Dude, when, when you go wait, to the, hold up, he hold got up, a chance to up, bang out an android and have a kid. Hold up, oh. Yamcha was there. Yamcha was there during Boo. He was there during Cell. All right, let's 
Let's not. Right. Let's not. Let's act take like a look at the. Wait. Let's take a look at the Dragon Ball Z bridge where they shitted on Yamcha there too. Mm. But once again, and that's what that's my problem here. That there's too much toxicity in the Dragon Ball series. <laughs> let, let, let me, let's remember just, what they said. Cell is, said Yamcha was on the list. Listen, the fact he said it, for what halftime entertainment. The fact that they're constantly <laughs> shitting on him is a problem. It's just a pure problem. That's all I'm saying. I feel like Yamcha has so much potential. All right, look, but I'll that's give Yamcha some credit somewhere. Dragon Ball Z fighters. Yamcha combos, fighting. He's that dude. Oh, yeah, the he's dra- good. Uh, and dra- n- except for now that they're bringing in Jiren. Yeah, now he's like, he's really going down more. He's been going down. Dude, they're bringing more. in Videl and Jiren. Like, See, I'm, I'm happy you guys are speaking. You're only justifying my case why we need to make Yamcha agree. No, there's no... We need no, to... Yamcha... Listen, if he could not even survive the trainings of Master of Mr. Popo, okay, he will not survive anything He quit right. in the Android saga. All right, all right. He really did. quit after that. Geek, geek although he was... Although he... I give him credit. He got a hole punched in through he, him and he still lived. That's what I'm saying. But he quit after that because he was like, look, I don't want no parts of this no more. I can't even keep up with you guys. Geektopians, I know you hear me out there. Um, I know... That what these guys are saying here, you, you guys completely disagree. Team Vegeta. Um, hit me up in the comments. Oh, listen, we'll, I, I go for the black we'll, people. Team Piccolo. We'll uh, we'll we'll Piccolo, have yes. we'll wear our team uh, Yamcha shirts. Uh, we'll we'll make Yamcha great again. Oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. Uh, making, anyway, making Yamcha great again. What what else is on the docket, good sir? Um, <laughs> well, just going back to the channel chain. So it's interesting that you're talking about a lot of things you're talking about, and ladies and gentlemen. Definitely check out his video on this because I think he hits on a topic that a lot of creators go through, whether if you're starting a new channel or if you're just reflecting on like where you are and where you want to be. I think with us um, and G's for Geek, we kind of went through something similar where as we were trying to create G's for Geek, we kept like going based off of a script. Mm-hmm. And then we realized like more and more, we're just a shoot the shit show. We're like... We tell people up front, like, we're just two geeks that like to talk about being geeks. Yeah. So it the show doesn't have to be, like, a show that's like, oh, let's talk about anime. Let's talk about comics. I think... Mm-hmm. I no, think it'll when, all come yeah, out eventually. It'll come out eventually. And, 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 and not discouraging anybody who has a channel or, or, or talking bad about anybody's channel. No, because like, everybody tend to has, tends to have a niche. You yeah. Know, they have their niche. You know, they have their, their certain quality that they bring mm-hmm. to the table, which is fine. That's great. Yeah, if it works, you know? it works. If it doesn't... I mean, how many times can you listen Listen to like some of the shows that are always talking about Marvel DC, and when they talk about Marvel DC, I feel like they don't go into the comic book universe. Certain, certain, certain podcasts do. Certain yeah. podcasts do. So, but even with anime, sometimes you you have that like it's it's good when you find a channel that is specific to that. Like you're going mm-hmm. to that channel, you're going to that that podcast because mm-hmm. that is the specific topic. You know, like every time you tune in, they're always going to talk. Like I, I watch a lot of. Um, I watch uh, YouTube shows that are on WoW, but that's because I'm going because they're talking about WoW. No, I get it. I but mean, sometimes I watch a lot of comic related stuff too. Yeah. Like uh, you know, shout outs to uh, Comic Storian. Shout out hashtag to Variant. Free plug. Hashtag, yeah, hashtag Variant Comics. You know, hashtag to Rob from Comics Explained. You know, like those those have a certain core to it mm-hmm. where they 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 follow a certain demographic, mm-hmm. and that's great. Don't get me wrong, that's great. However. You understand? Everybody's gonna eventually want something different. Everybody's well, yeah. gonna want something fresh, something something that they can, you know, say, "Oh, this is cool. This is different. This is nice." And you know what? I'm glad you touched upon that because that's what I, I had to realize. That I had to realize that look, 
if you follow in that market, look, that's already the niche. Like you said, that's already they, they have that demographic already. You have to bring something different, something that, you know, others can relate to. Which hence I created the hidden nerd. Mm-hmm. And why? Because growing up I was a hidden nerd. And if you guys want to talk about that, we could. You know, we, we, oh we, we were all hidden nerds. We were all like I well, I wasn't hidden. Sean, I think I was Sean was in the lockers. I was definitely not in the lockers. In the lockers locker. were not that big. He was plus I lived in the plus lockers. I went to a, a really nice but ghetto high school. Oh. So <laughs> you know, like growing up for me, it, I was when I say I like I was a really hidden nerd, it was because I partaked in a lot of stupid stuff that I should have never had did. Mm-hmm. And then when I go home, I'm sitting there watching anime. I mean, that's okay. I guess for us, that's normal, right? Kind, you know, it's like a normal thing. And what I realized was that, you know, in shout out to um, Dacon um, Wilshire. You know, you see him on, on his videos. You see the way that he talks. A lot of us, where we grew up at, we kind of all kind of talk like that. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear people say. Man, I love Vegeta. I, I love Vegeta. I love this person. You don't hear nobody say stuff like well, that. You, you hear know? it now, no, and, and that's it, something. That's something that I definitely. Yeah, but you hear it now because, in, and I know we're we're going to be talking about this on on future episodes cool of now. the Jewish Geek, but it's it's more about the popularity. Like I don't know about yeah. you guys, but when I grew up, I like I listened to like a, a lot of rock music growing up as mm-hmm. a, and this is speaking as an African American and and you know coming from the hood. That was not acceptable. And then I started seeing in like sports games and in um, Tony Hawk Pro Skaters. Mm-hmm. So people who made fun of me for listening to that music and associated me in this this lifestyle of being a geek or a dork or a nerd, I'm, they're now like praising this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. How is this okay now? And I feel like that with anime and with mm-hmm. comic books. Yeah, where, that's, and that's where, something that I was going to touch upon in, you know, later on, yeah. you know, with my show as well. It's just the simple fact that geek now has become mainstream. Yeah. Right? It's become popular. It is the new, it's the new in. Right? That's why San Diego Comic-Con gets sold out within hours. Well, I think... Even with San Diego Comic-Con, like, that was something that, on its own, was still on a level that it wasn't as commercial yet. No, it wasn't. But Um, I, this is what I always say, and I say this every single time, no matter where I go, when we talk about the boom of, you know, geek media, if you will, mm -hmm. I always blame the Avengers. I always blame the Avengers, the movie. Right? Because, yes, the MCU started with Iron Man, then it faltered with the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. so we didn't know what was exactly happening. Mm-hmm. Then Thor came, blew expectations. Uh, I disagree, because you, I think you're overlooking Fox and the X-Men franchise first. Allow me, allow me to retort, the, though. Wait, 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 no. I, the reason why I'm not talking about that is because if you really look at it, though, Fox's X-Men was great for us. Yeah, but it never made a mainstream type platform. Now, you're talking about somebody like Chris Evans, who you see in different roles here and there, as well as different superhero roles, becoming one of the most iconic characters in the Marvel Universe, Captain America. Yes, it's my opinion. I believe he's iconic. Okay? Okay, we'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Okay. Um, then we have, you know, like you're saying, we have Thor. Then you have the, you have the Captain America movie. You have mm-hmm. Thor movie. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, pop, there's Iron Man 2 with the introduction of Black Widow. And then all of it culminates into a once in a lifetime movie where they say, well, guess what? If you've been paying attention, this is what we've been working on. And that is your arm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
that to me is what led to the whole boom because and oh sh- sh- shit balls. Well, I can I I you know were you putting into that perspective with X Men? I can see that where X Men was more for the the childhood adult where. Um, the Marvel Cinematic was for, especially with it coming out of Disney, um, it's more for the, the kid. It's more to get that that younger generation into the comic book industry or into co- comic books in general. But then you have other franchises that also came into the boom. Um, you had Paramount revamping the Star Star um, Star Trek series. Uh, you had Disney revamping Star Wars. Yeah. You had um, Michael Bay and. Teenage Ninja, Teenage Mutant Ninja, another abomination. Um, Transformers. So yes, okay, yes, I agree. I get the fact so that I get you know, it. the Skybeam, the Skybeam memes become I, the new MacGuffin. I think right? that all of, I think all of those were a part of it, but I think you're right where the Avengers kind of gave it the boom that made it cool. You know, because now everybody's like, wow, I want to go see Avengers. It just looks good, right? You have people there who've never read a comic, who's never watched a cartoon, has never. Never paid not one minute of attention to it. And they're just right. like, wow, looks good. Or Right, because yeah. you see this star-studded cast in yeah, this really just... over-the-top movie. Well, I, I'll also agree with you for the simple fact of if you take any of the Marvel franchises mm-hmm. and look at the popularity and success of Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like a C... A C class mm-hmm. group, like yeah, you, like like that was literally the obscurity of the Marvel universe. Barely anybody who knew, except hardcore Marvel fans. Exactly. Like the even even those they argue like the the, the team that was on the in the movie was not the original team, mm. right? And nope. people don't know that, and people don't care. But so because it's the popularity now. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that like it's like okay not everybody's a geek now and which I have a problem with that saying too like everybody's a geek I feel like there there are geeks mm-hmm. and there are people who have geek interest I don't think that, yeah I'm gonna say I don't think that everybody's a, a geek. geek I think that people have their interest I see that there's a like now it's booming that people now they're just like hey um what anime are you watching or what what um comic book are you reading now right and then now you're just like well, I'm reading XYZ, right? And they're like, oh, like, what's it about? So they're not really, like, geeks. They're just trying to they're just trying to figure out... And I don't mind that, mm-hmm. actually, because I'm one of those people that's like, oh, you want to learn more? Mm-hmm. I'll be more than happy to tell you. You understand? But if you really want to learn and not coming to the point where you want to bash me for something that you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is the other thing where, like, geeks being bullies to those that are coming in. No, the, the the yeah we were, so me and Brandon were talking about this uh, before we even got on air about the toxicity within our own community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, first of all, I, I have to note like, I do like the fact that I can honestly say a community because yeah. there is oh, a yeah. huge geek yeah, community. Oh yeah, there's a geek community, but it's also fractured into different genres. You have yeah. the comic book community, you have the anime community, yep. manga community, you have the video game community, to which my opinion mm-hmm. is probably one of the most toxic oh, out goodness. of all of them. They're they're bad. Uh, I don't know about that because I. All right, I'm going to say yes, but I think overall, sometimes the reason it's hard to look at the video game community separately is because when you look at the, when it comes to geeks, 
you can't really separate us. Because it's like saying, like, even though, like, we have nerds and dorks and... Gamers has never been been looked at as geeks because everybody was gaming yeah. at some point, you know? Right. Well, and then no, the fact... No. Well, you have to understand. Because you have arcade... The, uh, the original geek gamers mm-hmm. were arcade gamers. But, but they also in. turned this into a professional sport. Yeah. So now, now they're being grouped into, like, just being gamers. It doesn't even matter if you were arcade gamers. Because you still have people who, who could bring out their, their mm-hmm. sticks to, to gaming events. You know what I mean? And they, they, like, I love watching people bring their sticks to Evo. Especially because you know they're going to be but, serious. So, all right. So, before we talk about toxicity, and, and this is, this is and I just want your opinion is. I think what it is is that, in a sense, with gamers, there was three category of gamers that kind of merged into what everybody else was. Because you have your tabletop gamers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which are one of your original gamers. Yep. You had your arcade gamers, which is one of your original gamers. Um, and then you had like your basic gamers who they just played, you know, NES games, Sega games, you know, like they, whatever the casual games. Yeah, yeah. But then the aggressive gamers that came in were your first person shooter gamers, True. Um, your sports gamers, and then uh, your fighting games. Your fighter I gamers. I hate to say it like that, but fighting, such as Street Fighter, Virtual Fighter, you know, that has become such an aggressive form of of basically esports that that leads to a lot of the toxicity that comes into this i mean you, it's because you no, can't forget rts's rts's is one of the original <sighs> one of the original esports True. and it's still whether if you're talking about dota whether if you're talking about league of legends whether if you're talking about well, yeah because um, that you still see in team sports and everything like that you know, but if you really look at to me, okay, and I know I'm diverse. I'm basically diversifying mm-hmm. myself with this, and I'm putting myself on the lone island, right? To me, fighting, fighting, and people who do fighting games and literally st- stick to it to the point where they know where the hitboxes are, they know where each damage point comes from, everything like that. I'm not taking away from their talent, but I am going to take away from the fact that they look down upon those that do not know that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, you get and, that in and, any genre because you get that in, in WoW, where a person is well, quick, yeah, they you take, get that in yeah. WoW, and you get that in League of Legends. A person is quick to call you a noob, especially if you're learning how to do things. Right. I mean, overall, the picture here is that all these areas are toxic. I think what it more when it comes to those three categories as sports gamers, fighting gamers, and first person shooter was. Mm-hmm. The gamers who were playing that weren't necessarily the geeks and the nerds. No. It was more of the... I think those were the games that... who Those that we considered the cool kids or jocks. Or, and this isn't to, to create another form of stereotype, but mm. this is just no, from my perspective. That's a reality. No, I, I can was, agree with my, you on my that. Older, my older brother, he, he played video games. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was all about that, but he is not a geek. No, yeah. right now, not a geek. There's people that I know that play strictly Fortnite and know yeah. nothing else. Yeah, and and they and they and they're gamers and and they have the right to call themselves a gamer. But I think when it came to like those who are nerds and geeks and and dorks or whatever, like fighting games, sports games, like Madden and stuff like that, first person shooters, those weren't the go to games. You no. know, um, just you StarCraft, D and D, like those were the games that we kind of gravitated to. Where now you, I think I was telling you like how my first con that I ever went to in NYCC, I think it was a uh, two thousand and fourteen. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because I felt like what I had learned about cons was cons is where both geeks 
and bullies get to throw up the white flag and it's a peaceful setting where you can be in the same place and enjoy the same things with people who would bully you, talk down to you, and they get to let their inner geek out or their inner whatever. And then the very next day after the cons are over, those same people were the people out there who were making fun of you, bullying yeah, you. And it's kind of like, wait a minute, I don't get that. And that's what led me to start to wonder, like, where did they, in this generation or in this day and age, how did they start to, like, come into the, the fold? And I think that's how they came into the fold. They were playing these particular type of games. Gamers fall under this umbrella that mm -hmm. we call our community. And that's how they begin to fit in. And, you know, you have people who say, oh, I'm not a geek. You know, I'm a gamer, but I'm not a geek. And you have geeks who are like, no, I'm a gamer. I'm a geek and I'm proud of it. And I think that's that's one area of toxicity. I'm not saying that like all of those aggressive gamers and I want to call them aggressive gamers are toxic because um, we are also toxic in our own ways, mm -hmm. too, just as geeks. Like, I was telling Brandon, like, you know, I started to recognize it with cosplayers. Like, there would be times I'd be at cons, and I'd look at a cosplayer, and I would be like, oh, why are you wearing that? Um, that doesn't fit your body type. or And I was body shaming, and I yeah. didn't realize that's what I was doing until I realized, okay, society paints this picture. Uh, the content that I watch paints this picture. Mm -hmm. And that's not the reality. If you want to dress as something you enjoy, you should do it. No, and I, yeah, and I, I fell victim to that too. Like, back we in, all have. Like, we've all had that, that, that stupidity phase, as I call it, where you're very ignorant to the, to the world and how you make people feel. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, yeah, I was one of those people that made fun of fat people for wearing, you know, a Jean Grey outfit or a Scarlet Witch outfit. And nowadays, it's just like, well, shit, what the fuck was I thinking? Right? Like, why am I the person? Like, look at me. I'm a, I'm a big dude, right? And if I walk around in anything that's, like, skin tight, I would be made fun of. And you know what? I don't mind. That's why I became a wrestler, too. Um, you know, no, it's very true. Look, you know, we. I looked at it as when I used to make fun of the same people, I was like, why would you even wear that? Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even caught dead wearing something like that because I'm fat. I wouldn't even think, think to do that. But I'm, I'm taking my insecurities and putting it on that person. Yeah. When that person doesn't have a care in the world, they feel yep. like, hey. That, they had that super confidence. Yes, you know, and they're going to wear that to Comic-Con, to whatever they, they want to cosplay at. And... That's it, you know, and it, you had to take, kind of have to take a step back and reevaluate yourself and say, why am I even, why do I even yeah. care to even make fun of that type of person? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because I am that person technically. I don't yeah. cosplay, but you know what? I am, I want to be expressive with my, my nerdiness or anything like that. Yeah, you know, so. you, know you want to be approached with positivity. So now you realize that you have to approach others with positivity. So as I'm well. happy you guys are saying that because I think like, as our age, like we're just very mature and we're able to look back and say, you know what, I did stupid things, I said stupid things. Mm -hmm. I think what bothers me also about the toxicity in our community is it's there is no age gap. No. Because you have grown no. you have grown no. adults who they're so locked into what the universe they grew up in of how something should be, whether if it's from a production studio, whether if it is a cosplayer that they don't want to see. Um, the perfect example I can give you, and I saw it again this summer, was um, I think the first time, one of the times that I kind of had a negative experience at a con was I finally got the courage to dress up as um, Aruka Sensei from Naruto. Really? Um, and, you know, it was a costume that I felt like, you know, I can do, I can pull it off. And somebody was like, oh, 
there's a black person from the hidden village. There are no black people from the hidden village. And I kind of, it kind of discouraged me in a sense, but then it was like, you know, like, all right, that's cool. That's not going to affect me from enjoying it. Um, I don't know if it was this summer's con. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, the young women who went as a group, they were all dressed as Marvel characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Were, I saw the they, picture. They incorporated their hijabs mm-hmm. into yes. their outfits. Wow. And I thought that was great. I That's thought dope. that was magnificent that they were geeks or they were just into our into that, whether if they are or aren't. And they said, you know what? Even though we have our lifestyle we still want to be a part of this and we'll incorporate. And instead of people embracing them, there were comments over Twitter um, that just were like real nasty. And and it made it seem like people were like, you're incorporating your religion into this universe. And it's kind of like, no, I'm just being me and I'm trying to adapt the things that I like into my culture. See, the, I think the problem is that we, we criticize when people are dressing up like they're actually in the episode you know what i mean like so like uh, prime example look at death note the movie on netflix right i love that movie I, I did really you did. loved it yeah, okay well here's me i watched the anime and i read the manga mm-hmm. right when i saw that i was just pissed off one because l is my favorite character mm-hmm. and look coming from a black man i said why is l black in the movie I've, I've had moments like okay. that too. that movie mo- in and of itself was just a disaster it was the only thing great about that movie was William Dafoe what was exactly. great about the movie and nobody's saying it is that it was an adaptation and so to to that note to this same conversation that but this is what I'm talking about that we it's an American at times we don't we don't like to we see a movie that we want created, but we wanted it created in the image that we had. And I'm not talking about whitewashing like Ghost in the Shell. No. So I'm talking I, about I, I'm when say- adaptations are that word is forgotten, and people are like, "Oh, this is not this." No, it's an adaptation. But here's my thing. Look, it depends on what the role is. So let's 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 go. It's completely off topic. Look at James Bond. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're white, you're black, or whatever. James Bond is just that clean guy, he has to swagger. So that means any man can do that. Mm-hmm. When we talk about specific characters, look mm-hmm. at L. L reminded me of an emo person, really dark, but you know what it is? It just didn't remind me of a, a black emo type of kid. But that's because that's we like, get we get too locked in. That's like, uh, okay, well Disney, for me- Disney's on ice frozen. Okay, wait, wait. I'm gonna different perspective Okay. about that movie. One. Okay. Yes, it's an adaptation. However, when you create an adaptation that completely destroys the the character's original idea of what it's supposed to be, it's not a good adaptation. True. You understand? Or else movies like Dragon Ball Evolution would oh, be a good Oh, God. La, the oh. Last Airbender would be We don't talk about oh. those. We don't, we don't talk about those. But that's what I'm saying. Oh. Like... This movie also like kind of destroyed what these characters were. Remember, um, this one, Light. Damn. Yeah. Light was uh, was supposed to be a methodical, calm, you know, reflective individual that mm-hmm. always thought three, four steps ahead. You he understand? While while doing while working the book and but, everything. But, but this my, character was not. Here's that. my question. Here's my. But here's my question to that. Do you think? And this is one of those. This is not to take us off, but do you think that's because he wasn't written in an Eastern format? He was written in a Western. Format. But if I, you're gonna take the adaptation of Light himself, you have to still bring that personality because that is who Light is. Light is a 
thinker. He thinks. He's already like he's 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 just like sadistic. That's I all am, he did. I understand the Western the and, Western and realization, the but then it becomes then it, then you have to ask yourself: Is this how they view us in the Western? Because mind you, this was an Eastern individual that mm-hmm. literally produced this. Um, I, I I was about to go off topic about the whole uh, Black Panther comment about how uh, there's an article. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you know this, but it it kind of correlates. But when Black Panther originally came out, mm-hmm. there were uh, reviews in Asia about the movie, and mm-hmm. people were like, uh, they don't get it. <laughs> and that's because it's it's one of those movies that yeah, it's a predominantly black cast. It was first. It's one of our first. I don't want to say first actual superhero movies because we've had Meteor Man, we've had other like Steel. yeah, you know, but <laughs> but it's good. but it's it's a movie that really projected I'm going to say the African American community in a way cinematically mm-hmm. that we haven't been represented in a long time. Well, you know what the problem is that the Eastern culture that they they're behind on times. You know, we may be moving to a technological age. But the thing is, is that they're still behind on what the West has been showing. So they're still kind of stuck on our hip-hop little Well, thing. okay. They're so stuck on a certain image of how we are, you know. So I, I think that's the reason why they, okay. they don't get it. Because they don't that. know that there's been kind of a little bit of a revolution where, like, we're, we're, we're showing different nowadays. You know, okay. there's still those images. But we're, we're trying to project a different image. And nowadays, I feel like that they're still trying to... I, and I think they're making progress, mm-hmm. but it's slow progress. I can give you one. Um, the video. One of the, if you go to my channel, I did the Promise Neverland. Okay. There is a, the, when one of the characters is an African American woman, right? Her name is Sister Crone. Sister okay. Crone is actually projected as the olden mammy. Okay. By the but and it's not a racist thing. It's just the, a time thing. There's still there's still some people that view African Americans as this, you know. With the hair, big lips, kind of, and she's not. She still looks good, but you can still see the mammy image of her. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's not a racist thing. It's a thing that, oh, that's what we thought. We Listen, thought that this long, is yeah. That's like their portrayal. As, as long as yeah, she's not, they think is there. That's as long what they she's think. She's not is Mr. Popo. Now, no, she's not. Mr. See, Popo. now you got like Mr. Popo and Jinx. Those are just the stereotypes. Those, are just those stereotypes. stereotypes. You know, but if you look at her and then you look at her backstory. They kind of also at the same time, okay, we see the image, but then her backstory is like, wow, she is an African-American. She's fighting hard to get to a point and she still didn't make it there. You know, so it's like they're, they're, they, you can't blame them for how they did the adaptation. But at the same time, it's just like, come on, there's certain things you got to get right. You, yeah. you got to get certain things. You know, right. I, I, I'll, I'll agree to that because uh, I think, what was I watching the other day? The Last, the Last Samurai? Great movie. It was a beautiful movie. Great movie. Yeah, it. but it's kind of funny that the Last Samurai is Keanu Reeves. No, wait. No, no, no. That's Tom, no, no, Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise yeah, is the Last Shonen, Samurai. I mean, Ronin. Ronin is Ronin the one with Keanu. Yeah, but so and not not to talk about like Hollywood whitewashing, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's that reverse. Like we, I think for us, what makes us acceptable is as Westerners, we kind of see a genre that we like and we just throw ourselves in it. Well, okay, so okay. Like we just throw. No, 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 no. Let me allow me to clarify because this is the last thing, and then I gotta. I, got, I actually. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to start wrapping um, up. Yeah. The Last Samurai did a great job 
of portraying the actual Japanese culture mm-hmm. of what the samurai is and everything. And and it shows a Westerner literally being cultured in their lifestyle, okay. seeing everything that they've done to the point where he himself doesn't it doesn't come off as someone who, okay, you know what, I want to be a samurai. No, this is somebody who's literally adapted into the culture, married into the culture, and put respect on that culture's name. And I want to add something. He also did come in with his Western views and got shot down. So it kind of gave everybody on the West an idea of like, look, you're not, you can't just go to somebody's culture and just say, oh, well... This is how we do, and you gotta do it. That's that's old. Uh, so okay, with that right being there. said, I can agree, and you know, I think I can agree to that because I understand as an illustrator. Um, one of the things I heard when I was in college was, no matter how much as a Westerner you may be, you will never fully understand Japanese anime. Yeah. Now, I I I agree with that in a sense that. Japanese anime in itself is a part of a culture. It's a storytelling of a culture. Mm-hmm. I think something, uh, the creator of the Boondocks, um, I think people like him, people who've been inspired by that, mm-hmm. have learned that, yeah, I will never be able to do Japanese anime. That doesn't mean I can't create with the influence of Japanese anime. And I think, so going back to like critiquing and stuff like that, and adaptations, I think people tend to forget that. That mm-hmm. one of the things about being a creator, being an artist, is that there are styles that are put out there because it's really paying homage or it's showing that this is what I was influenced by. We see mm-hmm. that with um, Kubrick. We see that with... Um, uh, Abrams. Yeah, you know, we see that with many directors. Yeah. As, as, as geeks or nerds, we're too critical. I think we're so critical on the creation that we don't look at the artwork anymore. We don't look at the reason why. So Airbender, to me, it's on my trash list. Oh. It's on my trash list. It's on the do not. But when I really sit down and watch that movie, in my head, I'm like, you know, if they would have just did this with this scene, this with this scene, it wouldn't have been bad. So then I have to put myself in that position and say to myself, racism. What was? What, 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 you, you, you're right with, with some of that, but look at it this way. Look. We are racist we, cultures. Can, well, that can also be that. It can also be that. You know, the Fire Nation were Indians. And yep, they were fighting off everybody and everybody. The Water Nation were white people. <laughs> this movie had a lot to go for it. Like, if you want to, this is a. You can literally take this movie to class and literally teach people what is wrong. And yes, you're right. When you actually watch the movie, you can critique it well, and try to make but it. To that, but and to that, that sure. <laughs> I think with Airbender, they was trying to keep it. M Night was trying to keep it in a West, in an Eastern storytelling. Mm-hmm. But it, but it that's mistake it, number it one. Exactly. Because yeah. it's a Western show. Exactly. You tried. You tried to get. Look, you just said it. You will never understand Japanese anime. Why we don't live in that culture twenty four seven. We cannot understand how they come up with these things that we relate to so much. We don't even. I don't even know how you know they create some of these stories that I'm like, wow, I'm all for it. And the last animator is trash. It is very. It's <laughs> fucking trash. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you why it's trash. Yes, I had a connection to that show. Okay, I felt it, and that's why I critiqued the hell out of it because yeah. I'm like, what the hell is all right, this? So, so this is my last question for you before we start to wrap. Up. Okay. All right. You you have a beautiful baby girl. All right. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
your baby girl is about 16, come to you and they say, Daddy, I want to get it. I want to watch these two movies. Mm-hmm. And the two movies they show you, right? And there's no, there's no option C, oh, right? They say, Daddy, either we could watch Airbender mm. or we could watch Dragon Ball. <sighs> Which one? Oh, Airbender. I don't care. Which one? I refuse to put any child, adult, or anyone is more acceptable to 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 deal with that abomination known as Dragon Ball Evolution. She wants. Okay, can I? Wait, wait. Let me put it in a different. She goes, Daddy. I have to write a report for school. Okay. And the teacher said it either has to be on Dragon Ball or Airbender. So that teacher hates. But I have to also. (laughs) I have to also watch the movie with my with with one of my parents. So the teacher hates you. That's one. And you can't you can't put your wife in this. You it's you you're the parent. You have to be and the I one. I have to watch it. Yes. I'm gonna take her to see Dragon Ball Evolution, and I'm gonna tell you why. Uh oh. Because I'm gonna destroy that movie so much <laughs> that she's gonna write the greatest report ever. Because I'm gonna annihilate that movie. Wait, but why wouldn't you have her? Well, I mean, I think you're right. But why would you choose that over Airbender? Why wouldn't you trash Airbender? Because I, I felt like there were some parts in Airbender that was um, yeah, that was close. But that, still I think I think just visually it was a lot better than Dragon Ball yeah, Evolution. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. So there, I felt like Airbender could have gotten a lot better, but I just felt just, like that Dragon Ball. Come here, come First of all, that wig. <laughs> if you had a kid, if you had a kid, same scenario. Oh no! I, I I'm sorry. I, I would I would definitely choose Airbender and then literally have my child look at it and be like, "This is what you do not do exactly. to adaptations. Oh, okay. You do not touch things like that." All right, so I'm gonna go dark here. Um, I disowned my kid. That that simple answer right there just didn't disown. Oh, there you go. Well, I would go to the teacher and ask him, like, "Do you torture for a living?" <laughs> Like, like, do you hate my child? Like, why would you Was this assignment this? specifically for uh, my child? Was there any other options on this list? Uh, oh, that was a lie, too. So, so you have a vendetta, you know? I would have him trash Dragon Ball. Oh, okay. Dragon Ball was such a disappointing. It was bad to me. Just disappointing. You know, and I got so happy to see it, and I, and I, and I went and saw it, and, and I wanted my money back, and I couldn't or, get it back. Or I would be like, uh, baby, we're going to watch both. You're going to write a nasty report on Airbender as extra credit. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <sighs> All right. With that, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's it. That's the end of the show. That's. Uh, I hope. Thank, thank you so me. much for being here. This was no. an awesome show, yo. I gotta give you a fist pound, man. You will get having me. Look, this was great. You know, just shooting the shit, randomly talking on stuff like. I love that. Me, me and my, my, my good friend, my, well, my, my best friend, we do that all the time. We just have random conversations about anime. So it's good to be able to, to find other people who, you know, not even just me and him as anime, but mm-hmm. then we could go about, you know, MCU, we can go DC because I'm a big DC fan. You know, we, I love that. Are uh, you now? I, I okay, think, so we're bringing I, him back for the uh, yeah, DC Yeah, we're, we're going to bring you, we're going to bring you back. Because I want you to, I want to talk well, to you about I'm, that. I'm trying, I'm, trying to get him teaser. Come, I'm trying to get him come when we film, you know, okay. so he can see the background, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So, so we'll have you come. And you know, we could definitely talk about the Bird of Prey teaser that came out and everything. Yes, we can. So, right. definitely, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the next time. Plus, uh, I can stay longer. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm your host, Charlie Radio AM. And this is Sean Luke. And as always, we are out of here.